Hello and welcome to the FTW Podcast. I'm Stephen Ruiz sitting in for Luke Curdenine and I'm here with FTW writer Charles Curtis. Charles Curtis is a lifelong Giants fan, which is why we have him on the podcast today. Uh, it's been an eventful week for you, I, I'm assuming, Charles. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, you know, I've just uh, only stopped drying my tears after uh, what's gone down in, in, in this season in general and what, what's happened with Eli Manning. So, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the Eli Manning situation, and I call it a situation because I hesitate to call it a benching, because I don't think it's like an actual benching. I guess. I mean, it's 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 just a, 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 the end of an era, I guess, but but it does it does feel like a... I don't know if I agree with that. I think it is a benching of sorts. It, it's, it's a mess is what it is, really. Yeah, I think it is a mess, and... and I think we're going to start out talking about the Giants' handling of the situation, not necessarily the move itself, the the handling of it. And I'll let you voice your opinion on it first, since you are the Giants fan. I just think it was a mess to, to begin with. And it's also, I, I want to just say from the outset that, that I've felt very mixed about this, and we can sort of get into that later when we talk about kind of the, the move itself. But, but um, the way it was handled was absolutely mishandled. You know, you get... Uh, uh, Ben McAdoo saying it was, you know, his call and and that, uh, you know, Reese, you know, Jerry Reese is making the GM is making the call there. And, you know, they offered to Eli to to have him start a half or the rest of the season so that he keeps his his uh, consecutive start streak intact and then sit for a half, which I don't think is the worst idea on paper. But it's also the idea of doing this to somebody who's been so huge for the organization and been such a rock of, uh, you know, he, he, through all the kind of the, the, tum, the tumultuous times that the, the Giants have had over the years um, to kind of make him do that or to even suggest that. I think, you know, in the real world, it's, it's, it's not a, a great way to handle things. How do you feel about it? So it's a good thing that we have you on the podcast to offer the Giants fan perspective because I'm going to take the opposite perspective because <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted by the reaction to this move. Like people are pretending like Eli Manning died. He makes $20 million. He's going to be fine. And I, t- I tweeted this out. The Giants don't owe Eli Manning anything other than the $20 million he, he makes and probably doesn't deserve. Like they gave him a big contract. That was they gave him the Kobe contract a couple of years ago. That's the thanks they gave him. He doesn't. I, you're gonna derail like the future. Not derail, but they need to find out what these these other quarterbacks are before next season because next season they probably have to move on for from Eli Manning and they're gonna like delay that just to help him keep his streak intact or to not hurt his feelings. I mean, I. I think it turned out looking worse than it is, but you have to, I mean, you have to give them some credit for giving Eli the option to, to start. Like they tried to make, like they try to give him a chance to, to save face, I guess you can say by not getting benched technically. And he turned it down. So I don't. So here, here's my thing though. Here's, and, and this is, this is the only this is the thing that, that I grapple with, I think, uh, ever since I, I saw the news go down. Um, it, it was this. It's that there are two kind of approaches to uh, running a sports franchise in general. There's there's sort of approaching it like you would a fantasy team, as stocks, as 
pieces as as things that you can move around and and you know bench at will and, and whatever. And from that perspective, what they're doing with Eli Manning is actually the right move. And that's what I grapple with. You know, I've been talking about this with my father, who's been calling for Eli to be benched for a while. Which you know, if he's listening, he'll be he'll be amused by by hearing that. Um, and I've been saying to him, you know, yeah, in in a vacuum, absolutely. Like you got to give. Davis Webb, who's, you know, a, a, a rookie who they yeah. drafted kind of potentially as an heir apparent to give him a chance, maybe. I don't know about starting Geno Smith. I know you have feelings about yeah. that that you've written about. So from that, that perspective of like, here's a, a, a stock that has gone down and you kind of have to put him on the bench right now because you have to see what other things you have on your bench. I think that's fine. And I think that I agree with that. And, and if I'm a fantasy football owner and I have Eli Manning on my team, he's getting benched. But this is the real world where we're dealing with real world emotions. And you're also dealing with a locker room and, you know, public perception of a team. And also these guys trying to save their jobs in some way because we know that Ben McAdoo is on the hot seat. And I, I can't imagine he'll be staying, you know, the rest of the way uh, you know, next year. Uh, and Jerry Reese, who I think is absolutely done for, uh, no doubt about it. Um, I'll be shocked if they keep him. And when you combine all those factors in benching him, I don't know. I don't think, you know, that's that's the way that you kind of do it, especially for a guy who is so respected on that team and so respected uh, around the league. And you see that from like the reaction from Philip Rivers and Tom Brady and and, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So so that's kind of my my take on the like you, you kind of have to bench him from a, you know, from a football perspective, but from a real world perspective, I, I don't know. Yeah, but from a real world perspective, which I feel like the average fan is coming from. I, I don't really care what the, the old white twenty million dollar a year quarterbacks think about the situation. I don't I don't <laughs> care. And okay, you want to talk about respect. Let's talk about Eli Manning and his career. Let's talk about when he got drafted. Uh, it was very respectful to the Chargers to say, Oh, I'm not playing for you. Like That's so true. Do we forget I mean, about stuff like this? Does he deserve all this respect? He's Eli Manning. He's not Tom Brady. He has a, the career quarterback rating of, of Joe Flacco. He's Joe Flacco with a better kicker because he didn't have Billy Cundiff missing kicks in the the AFC Championship. I don't I don't get it. Everyone's calling for people have been calling for Eli Manning to be benched. You said your dad has been calling for it to happen. By the way, I love your dad. I've never even met your dad or heard anything about him before this, but just based on him calling for Eli to be benched, which I actually don't agree with. I think Eli's actually been playing well. I like in preparation for this podcast, I watched a couple of his games on tape yesterday, and the 49ers one stood out. He made like a couple ridiculous throws where he had like no time in the pocket, and no one really opened. He just threw these dives, and I was like, geez, Eli still has it. But he still has it, but I still think they have to move on from him because the Giants need to rebuild, and you don't need a 37 year old competent quarterback when you're rebuilding. Well, I think it also it, it also kind of shines a light on on the way that Eli Manning has has succeeded in his career. Um, and having you know watched him over the years, I own an Eli Manning jersey. Actually, my wife got one for me one year. She asked a friend of mine like who you know she should get, and, and my friend said you know Eli. And yeah, I look back like Dude, I guess I'm cool with that. <laughs> what year but, was um, this? What year was this? Oh, she must have gotten five years ago. Maybe during you know so that's 2012, and maybe t- maybe even a little farther uh, back than that. Okay, so that was, that was a good decision because right, either, exactly at the time made sense. If, it, um, if ODB wasn't on the team, so yeah, that's the exactly. Oh no, I would have gotten Beckham uh, after that. Uh, but this is the thing. Like this season in particular, I think it stands out in a way that 
it proves to, to everybody, you know, we talked on our, we do, you know, the podcast uh, about uh, the NFL, you know, with fantasy football and, and, and uh, uh, you talk about, you know, tape study with breaking down guys earlier in the week. And we talked about, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? And I don't think he is. But at the same time, like, this is a guy who has succeeded when he's had the parts around him, right? He's had good receivers when he's had a good offensive line and a good running game. And I'm starting to sound like Mike Francesa, by the way, who made a great, who just had, did a classic rant on this the other day. Uh-huh. Um, but he has none of those. And I think that, that that's part of it. And I'm not saying that Eli at 36 isn't on the decline, which he is. But sort of, I think benching him in this season is a slap in the face in some way. And I think that Giants fans are seeing it that way when the problems are so much more far-reaching than that. So I, here's what I'm saying is Eli Manning is not the problem. And I think benching him in the face of all of this other stuff seems like it is per, being perceived as an insult because the offensive line needs work. The running game is gut-awful. There's no receivers except for, you know, a rookie tight end and Sterling Shepard there. And, you know, uh, that that falls on the, the GM and, and the coach. And I think hopefully the axe will fall that way. Uh, well, yeah, I, I do agree with that partially. I agree that it's on the GM. It's not on Eli. But this isn't about, like, winning games. It's about evaluating for the future. And the offensive line, they aren't 36-year-old quarterbacks making $20 million. They They still need to be evaluated. Eli Manning doesn't need to be evaluated. And the Giants don't need to be winning games right now, which is why I think... It, I don't think it's a slap in the face. I don't think they're saying, Eli, you're not good enough. They're saying, Eli, we need to look at these other guys, and we're not going to be able to do it properly if you're starting games. Or if you're playing half the games, really. So, yeah. and I want to talk about the Mike Francesca uh, rant. I hated that rant. <laughs> and I hated it because he gave way too much credit to Eli. Eli did not win the, the Giants the Super Bowls. He, he was a part of it. The defensive line won the Giants the Super Bowls. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's be no clear. Doubt. I mean, the Giants, what did they score, like 17 and then... I forget what how much points they scored in the in the those Super Bowls, but I mean Eli was good in the playoffs, but beating the Patriots came down to that defensive line dominating the Patriots offensive line. And Eli did his part. So don't just like give him so I just don't like giving quarterbacks too much credit for a total team effort, especially when the strength of that team was obviously the defense. Well, and, and let's not forget he's, he was a Super Bowl MVP twice, so so there's there's that. But I, I know what you mean about Francesca's rant. Um, I'm more uh, uh, you're going to read. Here's a shameless plug. You're going to read a lot from me about Mike Francesca in the coming 15 days because the the guy is retiring. Um, the rant. I'm more about like, oh, it's so funny when he goes on a rant. That's pretty much it. Is I'm like, oh, this this you know here he goes like screaming into the mic with that accent. And you know, into sort of thin air, and it, it's it's delightful. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you that the the Giants winning those two Super Bowls was absolutely on the defense. But there's Eli making good throws. There's Eli, you know, I, I'm not counting helmet catch. I mean, that throw to Mario Manningham is a legendary NFL throw, um, whether you like it or not. I think that it, you know, it, dropping that in the bucket was one of the coolest things to watch live. Yes. And credit, by the way, to Mario Manningham for making that catch too. Um, but I think it's more that people see Eli, uh, you know, he is a game manager, but maybe there's something more to that, uh, that, that, that he's made those throws. So he's like a little bit elevated above it. And I'm trying to capture sort of the, what people are, uh, Giants fans, how Giants fans feel about him. Um, I, I'm with you. I think that it's time for him, the Giants to move on from him. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars can use a quarterback next year. Tom Coughlin is there, you know? Hey, like, it could happen. And I think the Giants need to start looking toward the future, and, and they did it now. I just don't see why... It's funny. I, I think also the reaction, this is something our coworker Nick pointed out. He said, if it was anybody else but Geno Smith starting, that would be kind of an improvement uh, because it, New Yorkers know what to expect from Geno Smith, even though I know you've written he looked pretty good uh, in, in limited time. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I, and we'll talk about that in the second half of the podcast. But yeah, I, I I can see that coming from a Giants fan perspective. But the thing is, this was universal at least from from my perspective, it seems like everyone agreed, like, oh, you shouldn't do Eli like this, and I just don't get it. It's Eli Manning. Peyton Manning got benched for Brock Osweiler. Like, no one made that, no one made a fuss. So I don't get, I don't get why everyone, why everyone's uh, just standing up for Eli. Maybe it's just because Eli's personality is kind of, I don't, I don't even know what to say without, like, being offensive, but... <laughs> You know how Eli is. Of course, it's all shucks. He's, he's all shucks Eli. Um, but it, the, the thing for me about Eli that I love is that he's like a secret prankster. Um, and I've written about that for For the Win, I think, I want to say a year ago. Just about all the pranks that he's pulled off with with and without his brother on unsuspecting teammates and people at parties and things like that. And, like, he's kind of lovable in that way. And, and, you know, people make fun of Eli face nationally. But I feel like... I almost feel like with Giants fans, it's like, that's our Eli. Like, we can make fun of him because he's our Eli. And and uh, especially when you've got a brother like Peyton Manning, who's, you know, a top five all, all-time great quarterback. And Eli Manning's there, you know, making some of those really terrible mistake throws. And, you know, he comes out and, and it, during his prime, he was a great two-minute drill quarterback. Like, that's the kind of stuff that when his uh, his time with the Giants is over and he's in the the, you know, the ring of, of uh, what do they call it, the ring of honor, mm-hmm. whatever the Giants call it, they'll remember the two-minute drills, the throw to Manningham, the, you know, the sort of dealing with adversity and kind of brushing it off seemingly. And, and also they'll remember Eli Face and they'll remember all the goofiness and, and, and all that. Yeah, and you brought up the ring of honor, and I think, yeah, he should definitely be in that. He should be in the Giants Hall of Fame. He should get his number retired. But we don't have to go any further further than that. We don't have to act like he was this all-time great. I think we kind of do that at the end of players' careers, especially if they had long careers. Like, I just wrote about Frank Gore not being a Hall of Famer. I don't remember if we both agreed on that, but that's what I wrote. I wrote Frank Gore's been a good player for a long time. He's never been, like, a top-five player at his position. He's he's just been a – he's stacked – stats like you i think you said that he should be in the 49ers hall of fame he should get his number retired he should be in the ring of honor but he shouldn't be in the hall of fame and going back to eli uh yeah he does have that personality to him like that low-key personality he pulls pranks my favorite eli prank is when he got the giants to give him a four-year 84 million dollar contract at at age 34 that was a pretty good prank that was a good one eli Well, this is, you know, you bring that up, and and, uh, I've talked about this, I think, on our podcast before, but this is where people were asking me, like, are they going to bench Eli weeks ago? And I said, I didn't think so, because the Giants organization is like the Steelers organization. You know, classic NFL, you know, original NFL family. It's passed through the hands of of people who were there uh, at the beginning. And, you know, they are a classy organization. They would never... uh, let that happen because, and it goes back to the contract you just talked about, because they are, are sort of honoring Eli 
giving him the contract that he probably doesn't deserve because he's been such an upstanding citizen, because he's, you know, been there all this time. He's dealt with the criticism. He's led them to two Super Bowls. So giving him that contract, while it was a mistake, is sort of, I thought, the way that the organization would treat him. And now for them not to. And the way that John Mara, the co-owner, has sort of answered that, it, it seems to me that he, I don't know if he if he – if he thinks it's a mistake, it sounds like he thinks it's a mistake. So I kind of wonder, like, what's he going to do at the end of the year? And if he's firing guys like McAdoo and, and Jerry Reese, like, why doesn't he step in and say, no, put him back in? He's the owner, you know? Like, uh, But I guess he knows secretly that this is what's better for the organization in the long term. And we all mm-hmm. know that that's what it is. It's a better move for the long term, uh, ultimately. Yeah, and uh, I wrote about John Mary's comments afterwards, and I think he's – He's trying to kind of get the fans on his side and push the blame to Reese and McAdoo because he says he 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 was kind of like thinking that Eli should sit and these guys should play and then he told that to the coaches and the GM and they agreed and then they did it and then when it happened he was like oh maybe we didn't go about it the best way maybe uh well what he said was I thought that we'd play Eli and he was playing well and we had a chance to win then he'd keep playing, which does not make any sense to me at all. Like, why would you do that? That's not how you get a look at these quarterbacks. They need to start. They need to prepare as starters. That's how That's how you evaluate them. So he wanted, like, the half measure, which doesn't – I don't think that makes sense. So I could see him moving on from McAdoo and Reese after this, but I think you got to give those two credit. And they've been ripped by Giants fans. They've been – I saw, like, a hashtag, like, McAdoo out. Like, they've been ripped, but – you got to give them credit for making this move with their jobs on the line, and this is a move, a forward-looking move. Like this could, this might not even benefit them at all. It might benefit the next, the next regime that comes in. Like I said, like you're thinking level-headedly, and I think <laughs> all of New York is not thinking like level-headedly for the future. But again, if you're looking at this from a you know team-building franchise future perspective, yeah, totally makes sense. Um, and by the way, you talked about your favorite Eli prank. Mine is, um, I think, uh, he was at the SNL 30 after party, and he and his brother were there. And uh, the story, I forgot who told the story. It was an SNL cast member. Maybe, I forgot who it was. A- anyway, so he he said that at the party, um, they said, oh, you know, we'll take your phone and we'll, we'll take a picture. And they handed the phone back to the, the SNL cast member. And it's, they pulled off one of their favorite pranks to do, which is they turned the um, the language setting onto Japanese, I want to say, mm-hmm. and uh, and later in the party they like signaled over to the to the SNL cast member like, hey, how's your phone doing? Is it is it okay? <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's awesome. That's just a great A A plus prank. Yeah, that's actually my favorite Eli Manning prank. I I do I do love that prank. Yeah. Uh, so just before we take a break, uh, I do want to point out one thing. I want to circle back to something you said a couple minutes ago. Just just for the, the the fans of the other thirty NFL teams, I just want you to know how how they feel when you guys when Giants and Steelers fans say, "Oh yeah, we're a classy organization." <laughs> oh my God, give me a break! <laughs> the Giants uh, had Lawrence Taylor on their team for like ten years. They signed uh, Josh Brown after allegations came out. Oh, whatever. The Steelers are are even worse, actually. But anyway, let's take a break here. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about the. The actual move, not not the handling of the move. We're gonna uh, let's uh let's get a word from our sponsors. Support for the FTW podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. 
They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, welcome back. We're uh, discussing the Eli Manning benching slash situation, whatever you want to call it. So in a lot, you've mentioned a lot of the, the negative reaction was because the starter in place of Eli is Geno Smith, who was not good with the Jets. And obviously New York fans were, had a front row seat for that. So I just want to hear from you, being a New Yorker, what is your perception of Geno Smith? That he's a disaster, that he's that he's like the worst thing that's ever happened to to the quarterback position in New York since, uh, I don't know, Dave Brown. No, Dave Brown was fine in New York. I'm just, it, the point I'm making here is like, when he was with the Jets, he was an utter disaster and a failure, which is so funny to me, by the way. And, and the, now I have s- sort of a separate perspective because I'm a, a Giants fan in New York, uh, so I don't get to like... You know, I don't know, defend the Jets necessarily, but I was mm. like, you know, they spent a second round pick on him. He wasn't, you know, a huge risk. You know, he he had some upside. We saw in college there was talk that that he he could be, you know, an NFL caliber starter. There was talk he might have been a first rounder, mm-hmm. and so for him to kind of crash and burn, I mean, I thought from from my perspective, like it's not like the Jets spent the top three overall pick on him, right? And and I have that right, right? Yeah, yeah, they, he was a second right. round pick. Right, so so like I thought, like all right, you know, nothing, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You tried to see what what happened, and and he wasn't that good. And you know, reading your column about about him made me realize, like, yeah, actually, you know, there were some some really good moments, and maybe he wasn't surrounded by that kind of talent. Ironically, now he won't be surrounded by a ton of talent in, in New mm-hmm. York with the Giants either. Uh, but the perception of Geno Smith is that he's awful, he's terrible, he helped initiate that fight that got him his jaw broken, which ultimately <laughs> led him to to get. Uh, to, to leave the team and and uh, you know ne- never play for the Jets again. So I, I think that that's kind of the the take that, that people have, and and it's an uh, you know he's a punchline, and no exactly. pun intended there, but he really is a punchline in New York, and I, I'm sort of surprised by that. So yeah, so people say, oh, we've seen enough of Gino. We don't need to see him more, and that's kind of the thing Giants fans are saying. Like, why are you starting Gino? Why aren't you starting Davis Webb? If you're going to bench Eli, start the younger guy because Gino has no upside. We've seen enough from him. And we have seen 30 starts from, from Gino. And I'm going to give you some stats. 53.9 completion percentage. Not good. 74.9 quarterback rating. Not good. 6.56 yards per attempt. Also not good. And this is after 30 starts. This is a quarterback that you don't need to see more from, right? This is a guy you need you uh, you should move on from. Would you agree? Just you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what? Those are Eli Manning's numbers through his first oh, 30 no. starts. <laughs> you fooled me. And he's um, the same age as Geno Smith. Now I'll tell you what Eli Manning didn't do. In his last six starts, in that 30 start span, 
when he was when he started this and this this was this was his last five starts the last time he was like a full-time starter 64 63.9 completion percentage 8.74 yards per attempt 97.9 quarterback rating those are franchise quarterback numbers over a five-game stretch. I'm, that's a small sample size, but it is a sixth of his career starts. Name another quarterback that could put up though that stretch at 24 years old and not get another chance. That does not make sense to me. Why are we writing Eli or Geno Smith off? Why did he never get another chance? He's made one start since that stretch. One start because Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. Blake Bortles keeps getting starts. He's terrible. He's never put a stretch together like that. If he did, Jaguars fans would be, they would be like, sign Blake Bortles again. Now, yeah, let's do that. Let's go round two on Blake Bortles. Blaine Gabbert has, Bruce Arians is saying, yeah, I think we can go forward with Blaine Gabbert because of two starts. His pass rating was 83.3 in the first one, 92.4. That's not better than Geno's five start, starts. Brock Osweiler got a $72 million contract for a seven-game stretch. It's only two games more than Geno's. A seven-game stretch, 86.4 pass rating. That's thir- uh, 11 points lower than Geno's in that five-game stretch. And he was a year older than him when he did it. And he got a $72 million contract. Those three guys have started 82 games since then. Geno Smith has started one since that, that stretch. Why are we writing him off? And I'll... I mean, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. If he was tall, tall a little bit taller, and he, he his skin was a little, if he was white, he would have got he would have got another chance. But he, he doesn't. Instead, he's a laughing stock. I mean, it, it, the thing that I, I'll, I'll respond to that with is, sure, you know, I, I think that that if he is, if he has that potential, and the Giants see a future with him, sure. I just don't know if the Giants see a future with him or with Davis Webb, and that's where sort of I'm getting into this question about you know looking forward next year i kind of wonder if they have a top three pick which is looking decently likely do they spend it on a quarterback and and if you're going to do that yeah you kick the tires on both these guys so i'd like to see davis webb start a few games i just don't know if he's ready the the idea with drafting davis webb it seemed to me was he was a project quarterback there was talk that he at the draft right that he had upside Mm -hmm. and you're you're more of the draft guru for the win than i am by a lot so you know what the perception of davis webb was which was that he wasn't that good um but maybe the idea was that he would get you know some time behind eli get uh, some mentorship which he's already getting now that eli is benched uh and he would start in maybe three years potentially uh or you know two years maybe uh so maybe he's not ready for the nfl right now but i'd at least like to see a couple of starts from him just to see what you've got in, in him, as well as Geno Smith. Fine. So, like, I'm buying into your argument. Like, I'll give Geno Smith a few starts, but if you're going to see what you have in one, see what you have in the other. And then next year, I'd like to see them draft, you know, either the the, fran- the next franchise quarterback or the offensive lineman that they've, they've mm-hmm. uh, uh, been so desperate for in the last couple of years. But even then, I was talking about that when, when they were going to start Eli Manning, uh, potentially again next year, with, you know, whoever they draft, you know, uh, if they drafted like a Josh Rosen or something, maybe he would sit behind Eli. But now that Eli's, you know, benched and potentially done with the franchise, who knows? Uh, you got to think that they're going to end up drafting a quarterback. Yeah, and so I think the I think the Giants may see something in Geno Smith. I think that's why he's starting. Obviously, 
we haven't seen Geno Smith in a long time, and they see him every day in practice. I think, I think this is, this is an endorsement of Geno Smith starting him over Davis Webb because the obvious move is starting Davis Webb and just keeping Geno as the backup, or, and he can be the guy that like fills in just to get a look at him. But I think the fact that he's starting bodes well for Geno Smith and his future with the team. And that's crazy. Yeah, and I, if I was a Giants fan, I wouldn't be too disappointed. I mean, it's a low-risk move. You have this quarterback. He was a second-round pick, so you know he's physically talented. You know he has the tools to be a franchise quarterback. Like, I'm not saying, like, he is. I'm not saying he has, like, the the mental parts of the game down yet. But he has an arm, and he's not afraid in the pocket. Those That's a good starting point. That will get you drafted in the second round. So he has the physical tools. You know that. The thing we haven't seen from him is can he manage the pocket? Can he, you know, go through his progressions? Can he read defenses? And I think when we saw him last, which was last year against the Ravens, a good defense, nearly a top five defense, he showed that ability. He only got, I think he only dropped back 10 times in that game before getting injured. But I watched that game a couple days ago, and I do not remember it being that good. I remember watching it at the time and thinking, oh, he's playing pretty well. I went back and watched it. He looks like a different quarterback than he was when we last saw him start in 2014. His footwork was, it was starter material. Like I was surprised because his footwork when he when he first started with the Jets was terrible, but he did go. He did uh, train with Tom House, who's like a quarterback guru, mechanic, quarterback mechanic guru. He actually fixed Blake Bortles that one year when he was halfway decent, and I, you know, that work paid off because he his footwork was excellent. And he was getting through his progressions. He was making reads pre-snap. And the the thing, the, the crazy thing is, I was thinking when I was watching him, I was like, who does he remind me of? Like, who, what is this skill set? He's got a big arm. His accuracy is a little, you know, whatever. It could be better. He's unafraid in the pocket. He's really tough. He'll take a hit. He'll stand in there, take a hit, and deliver a throw downfield. Who does he remind me of? And I, I, I was like, I can't think of anyone, really. And then later, I think I was in the shower just thinking about this. Uh, I mean, that's what I think about in the shower. I think about Geno. Ah. I think about Geno Smith, and I. It came to me. I was like, "Do you know who he's like? He's like Eli Manning. He's like a young Eli Manning. Like he's oh tough in the pocket. He he has a big arm. He's not. A, he he'll throw it into tight windows. He's not afraid to take a risk. His accuracy is a little. You know, he'll make some some bad throws every now and then. That's that's young Eli Manning to me. See, that's wild, and, and this is where I come in with the, the, the New Yorker's perspective. You know? Like, that's nuts. That's crazy talk um, because of what New York fans have seen. And it's funny. Like, I, I want to, like, take that last two minutes of, of what you just said and, like, play it for all of Giants Nation because I don't think anybody believes right now that, that that's the real Geno Smith. You know what I mean? That, that he is, you know, kind of like Eli Manning. Um, and and I, I, that's so funny, right? Because uh, I, I think it's just the way that some athletes are painted. And I, I actually do believe in this sort of the New York tabloid bias kind of take that people have about the New York media when, when athletes come to New York. Like, they can get run out of town uh, based on, you know, just the media cracking down on them. And I'm generalizing here, obviously. But I'm thinking of guys like, I don't know, Carmel Anthony, um, uh, you know, uh, who's another athlete that has been sort of like, run out who came in you know as a star and 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 you know some guys don't want to come to new york because they don't want to deal with that pressure and it's 
It's absolutely understandable. So I think that there are people who are out there who would love to hear, like, Geno Smith's actually kind of potentially at a young age the next Eli Manning or has the tools to be the next Eli Manning. I just don't think they'll hear it because they, they know what happened in New York and, and you know, the, the sort of laughing stock that, that Geno Smith became with the Jets and, and also being associated with the stink of the Jets um, doesn't help any. And, and that's just, just the way it is. Um, so I'm actually really intrigued now to see the next X amount of starts that, that Geno makes, Gino makes with the, the Giants this season uh, based off of that. So, Hey, I'm optimistic now a little bit, but I don't think that the general New York public is ready to accept that yet. Yeah, I get that. I, I understand. Like, if you're just watching from afar, you you know, the perception is that Geno Smith is a disaster. I think you really have to, like, pay attention and watch. And you would have, you would have had to pay attention to his last six starts to really, you know, be optimistic about it. His first 24 starts you know, weren't that great, <laughs> didn't give you reason to be optimistic. And the narrative was already set by that point. He was a bust. He was a disaster. He had no future. But I don't think that's true. I don't, I mean, six starts is, a, that's a decent chunk of him playing well, of him playing like a pro bowler, statistically at least. And in that, I don't think his, his tape in those last uh, five starts in 2014, it was not, it wasn't, it was okay. It wasn't great. It, it it didn't match up with the numbers. I will give you that. But his last start against the Ravens, if you watch that, like, I challenge anyone to watch that and and tell me that that is not high level quarterbacking what he's doing. It's good stuff. Like he's using his eyes to like manipulate defenders. He's subtly moving in the pocket. Like it's good stuff. Like bad quarterbacks don't do that. I know it's a small sample size. It's ten dropbacks, but Bad quarterbacks don't, they don't use their eyes to move defenders. They don't navigate the pocket like that. They don't throw into tight windows like that. Bad quarterbacks don't do that ever. They can go a whole game and put up good stats. They can even go a whole season and do it. We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick do it. But they don't do stuff like that. They don't put that on tape. That's why they, That's why coaches swear by, you know, the coach's film. Because you like you can take a bad quarterback and show me a good game of his and I can still say, oh, this is still a bad quarterback. And you can show me a good quarterback and show me his worst game, and I can still go, oh, yeah, yeah, I see a good quarterback in that. And I think that's what happened. That That's the case with Geno's last start. And I think it's enough to warrant this audition. I don't think – I think he's earned it. I think he deserves it. And that's that's one of the things that made me mad about the, the reaction to this. Like, okay, I get it. The Giants could have handled this better and – Eli Manning may deserve more than what he's getting from the Giants right now. But don't just, like, take it out on Gino. Like, it's not Gino's fault. You're, you're turning into the uh, that, that viral video a few years back, many years back, I want to say now. is like, leave Brittany alone, that, you know. I am, I am. I, I, I love Gino Smith. I, I, I don't even think you know that. I, I think because he hasn't really played since I, I uh, started FTW, so I haven't really had a chance to, like, profess my love for Gino. Or Gino, and it, it wasn't always the case. Coming out of college, I did, I, I thought he would be a bust. I, I didn't think he'd be good. He was coming from an air raid system, but he's won me over. Surprisingly, like you wouldn't think, Gino Smith. I mean, he's Gino Smith. You wouldn't think he won anyone over these last exactly couple of years, right. But he did. He's Gino Smith, and you said small sample size. Those two things together are, you know, it's not helping. Uh, but I will say this: I think that. Um, 
the question that I have for you is, all right, so Geno Smith shows that he's got some stuff in his, his last, you know, five, how many games do they have left? It's week 13. Mm-hmm. So he's got four starts potentially under his belt, assuming Davis Webb doesn't play a down, which, by the way, I think at yeah, some point play. he will. He will. Right, I think he will. So the question is, what do the Giants do if they suddenly discover that Geno Smith is the, the quarterback that you profess him to be? And that's where I sort of get off the Geno train. I say, great, thanks for the audition. Maybe you're our backup quarterback next year when Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold is starting for the Giants. Or at least, you know, maybe he's a six-game Kurt Warner-esque starter uh, for the Giants before the next D-line Manning takes over. So, because I, I just don't see a place for Geno necessarily on a team that is potentially about to go into a rebuild okay first let me preface this with saying i don't think it's a guarantee that gino proves he's a franchise quarterback i think he just has the tools to do it and if he does if he shows anything that says uh, maybe we should give this guy at least like a two-year contract while we develop this other guy this guy we draft or davis webb if davis webb is a guy which i don't think he is i was not high on davis webb at all he's he was actually getting some first round buzz like leading up to the draft and he ended up going in the third i think but yeah he's just he's tall he's got a big arm and that's it (laughs) he's brock osweiler he's ryan mallet anyway moving on if geno smith does show something i think what you try to do is get him locked up to the rare quarterback middle class contract i think there's really only one in the league right now and that's uh Tyrod Taylor's contract. Like you're either like paid like a backup or you're paid like uh Aaron Rodgers. You get twenty million a year. I think if you can get him to like a eight million a year contract, then you're doing good. Like you know how good like a, a average starting quarterback is on a cheap contract? That's like a commodity. That's good stuff. But if you can't if you have to if you have to pay him like Brock Osweiler, then, then yeah, then I would just move on. And yeah, I, and I don't see that happening, though. I don't see I don't see him getting a twenty million dollar a year contract, even if he does play his tail off. And, yeah, but and, even like a fifteen million, I think is too much. Like Brock, I don't know what Brock. I think Brock's contract worked out to like fifteen or sixteen, or even a Mike Glennon deal, like three years, forty five million. Uh, yeah, yeah you don't you don't do that off of. I don't think unless he really shows something, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to even. Even if he is like this guy, he's not going to be able to show that with the supporting cast he's playing with. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I'm personally on the, the, you know, if Geno Smith shows anything, um, maybe he'll be our backup next year. And, uh, you know, or he'll be, like I said, the six-game starter before he gives way to whoever is, is the Giants picking up. Who knows? Maybe the Giants don't go for quarterback. We all also know, and this is my question for you because you know your stuff about college football and, and the draft. You know, it is Sam Darnold the answer? Is Josh Rosen the answer? One of those guys, uh, you know, the, the name that Giants fans should be thinking about. Yeah, I don't know at this point. I don't know if they're going to get the best guy just because the Browns are going to be drafting ahead of him. Uh, I like... I like Josh Rosen. I'm not sure about any of the other guys. I think Baker. I haven't really lo- watched Baker Mayfield enough to form an opinion, but the draft, the draft heads on the internet seem to think he's actually the best guy. He just doesn't have the size, and he plays in an air raid offense, which ironically is what Geno Smith and Davis Webb both played in in college. So yeah, I, I need to I need to watch these guys a little closer before I say that. But before we get out of here, we're going to wrap it up in a bit. Let's do a little uh, 
Let's do some predictions. What do you think Geno's line will look like uh, against the Raiders? Oh, that's funny. I mean, the Raiders are not that great defensively, so I'm going to say that Geno Smith ends up with a one touchdown, two interception uh, kind of day with, uh, let's say, 220 yards, which is actually, you know, a little little garbage time maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe he has 30 yards rushing. That's I'll, I'll throw that in there uh, just because he'll be scrambling a little bit. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention his scrambling. He's not a great scam- scrambler, but he, is, he can create with his legs, which right. gives him that's more the— than, More than Eli can because we know Eli <laughs> is, is uh, the slowest uh, you know runner in the world. So, yeah, that's the one thing he is definitely better at, Eli Manning. At, yeah, he's not better, at, better than anything else at, than Eli. So, yeah. Uh, my prediction is— I'm going to flip your touchdown and interception. I'm going to go two touchdowns, one interception, just because I don't – that Raiders secondary is terrible. And I think he passes for, I want to say 250. I'm going to say 250. And with like a completion percentage of around 60. So not a great day, but a good one against a bad defense. I think that would make Giants fans feel really good, uh, you know, in, in a loss. If, if, if there's – you know, the, the mistakes to me, and, and we didn't get to talk about this a lot, like the mistake throws to me is what I think lingers in Giants, in, in New York fans' minds, is seeing Geno throw a bunch of interceptions. So, you know, if he keeps the turnovers down, terrific. Oh, yeah, because Eli was so turnover-averse. I know. He didn't throw 27 interceptions in one season. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, this is, this is the Eli Manning that we love, but he's our Eli, darn it. Yeah, that's the thing with Giants fans. It's you, they're allowed to make fun of Eli. No one else is. All that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so that seems like a good spot to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening. Catch you next week.